Good evening. I believe I have another great episode for you tonight. It's with my friend who's an attorney. And I say that because he gave me permission to air this episode because it's raw. The last time I aired an episode that he gave me permission to air, I received a lot of positive comments. He doesn't have a podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. It's mainly on YouTube right now, but it is so raw that you might actually become uncomfortable listening to it. And there's a reason for that. My friend and I believe it is important to have a conversation, to open up, to talk to your partner, your husband, your wife about these topics. Statistics are showing there is less sex occurring now than ever before. So I want you to listen. Now, he's a Catholic. Some of you are not Catholic. Some of you don't have a faith at all. It's okay. You can listen in anyway, because what I want you to hear is the pain of not having sex frequently. Because those of you that are, you know how beautiful it is. And so does my friend. He does too. But because of life and all the struggles, it's difficult. And you hear my voice all the time. The reason I want to air the voices of men is because men have feelings too. And we don't hear it very often. And when we do, I get really excited and I want to share it with the rest of you. And he's willing. He's vulnerable and willing to go that extra mile and share his vulnerability with the world, actually. So I'm really excited for you to listen in. And again, remember, he is Catholic. He talks about family natural planning. Also, he talks about Jonah. Jonah does not use his real name. These two have conversations amongst each other. They air some episodes, some they don't. But I wanted to give you a little bit of background before you listened. It's going to be a long episode. Now, my friend is in the car. Again, he's an attorney. He's driving to a a different city, different location. The audio is going to sound, again, a little off, not normal, but it's worth listening to. Enjoy. Hi, I'm Jeannie, the host of Maximum Desire. Have you lost your desire for intimacy and connection? It wasn't that long ago I lost my confidence and desire for intimacy and connection. After high medical bills and no answers, I went on a journey to find solutions. I've been married over 30 years and overcame my challenges through research and a lot of hard work. I created this podcast to help you ignite the desire and passion for intimacy, feel more confident in and out of the bedroom. Now, if this is you, you've come to the right place. Now let's get started. Welcome to the Unfiltered Catholic Man. This is the first episode that I'm recording. I don't know if this will be the if this will ever actually get um, published anywhere, or if it'll be the first one. But it's um, and it's not necessarily the first time that I've <clears throat> recorded a an ep- a video like this. But this is really my first attempt at intentionally recording an episode of the Unfiltered Catholic Man. So the Unfiltered Catholic Man is sort of the next generation of uh, my podcasting and reflective journey. Uh, I've been doing the Uncharted Catholic Man for um, a few months now, and that's been a really, really uh, wonderful experience for the most part. Um, it's been my attempt and Jonah's attempt to confront and talk about things that don't get talked about enough or at all, even when they're sort of uncomfortable and embarrassing to talk about. But 
even with that, uh, there is a certain level of, of um, filtering that, that Jonah and I put into that process. Uh, our wives see or have access to all these episodes. Some of these episodes are out there for public consumption. And so we, um, you know, we, we, we are sensitive to the fact that we're still married men and we don't want to embarrass our wives unnecessarily or jeopardize our relationships with them or just, you know, we still got to live in the world and see people. And so we, we do, um, we do refrain from talking about certain things or talking about them as openly as and as bluntly as we otherwise would or as, as Joan and I tend to talk about off the record in our text messages and stuff. But I, I really think that, that more is needed and that there is, um, there is a, a, a need for our unfiltered raw and real thoughts and opinions on things to be shared and, and available to people, to certain people who need to hear it. This stuff will benefit some people, it's just I don't need everybody to hear it. So anyway, and I apologize for the video quality if, if I use the video. I tried, I, I, I'm, I'm traveling for business so I have some time stuck in the car and I had tried to record it on Zoom but think I lost the connection along the way so I'm just recording it on my my iPhone uh, so I'm going to try and keep it a little short but so one of the one of the themes that Jonah and I have really wrestled with um, off the record recently is how incredibly difficult and painful at times marriage is and can be uh, and how we were really unprepared for that and unex not expecting this. Not that we expected it to be all poppies and happy days. Like we, we, we weren't under the illusion that it was going to be a, a thornless road, but we really did not expect it to be this laden with um, pain and... and um, just grief along the way, um, and maybe we're just crybabies and we complain too much, but I don't think we are. I think Joan and I are pretty, pretty fair in our assessments of things and what we, how we, how we experience things, and, and man, we, we, we scratch our heads sometimes wondering why marriage and, and our relationship with this one person that we love more than anyone else in the world and hopefully loves us more than anyone else in the world, why they can cause us so much pain and grief and why why this relationship can be so painful at times and and uh, um, challenging to our mental health and spiritual peace of mind. So, um, Sort of by way of background, so my, I, I've been married for 20 years. My wife and I have nine children. And you might think from that, that my goodness, they must be just 
frolicking around like teenagers all the time and <laughs> just that's not quite the case uh, never really has been certainly isn't uh, in year 20 of this relationship now we are not those people that uh, are in entirely sexless marriages but we are you know kind of have our our routine so to speak and it, the routine is kind of been set by a combination of my wife's um, willingness to do it and the circumstances in life um, and I'll be perfectly honest with you our normal our normal um, schedule for for having sex is at, at as frequently as once a week and up to two weeks so every once every one to two weeks is pretty much the norm for us that's not including times when we've had a baby or we're uh, you know, you're fertile and you're trying to avoid um, you know in full in full disclosure my wife and I have because we've had nine children and she breastfeeds have had pretty extended periods of time where she's not ovulating thank god <laughs> that. Uh, but that doesn't mean that we are uh, like I said frolicking like teenagers it's uh, the kind of the norm is been every one to two weeks ten days is kind of pretty common and and I'm sure there's going to be some people that may hear this and be like they would do anything to have that kind of frequency. Uh, I'm just, I can only share my own experience. I don't have anything to compare it to, but for me, uh, I wish I could, I wish I could have sex every three, four, maybe five days, or at least it doesn't have to be that all the time, but it w I wish that was kind of the norm. And, and then if you have periods of abstinence in there where, you know, a typical cycle where you've got know 10 days to two weeks of abstinence so be it I really wouldn't have a problem with that if if I wasn't already <laughs> uh, abstaining uh, 10 to 14 days in the non-fertile types I think that was the biggest surprise or shock to me uh, when we got married you know we thank God we were I guess virgins when we got married that doesn't mean we were perfect and pure along the way, but we managed to get to get to the altar with, without having engaged in sexual intercourse. Um, but we had done the whole natural family planning thing, and we were all kind of rah-rah about that and committed to that, and, and so it wasn't, there was really no disagreement or frustration, or I'm sorry, disagreement or tension between us that we were going to practice that but when you do natural family planning training you know you're being geared up for learning how to identify fertility so that you can quote unquote abstain during the fertile time periods and while they didn't come right out and say it I took that to mean you weren't abstaining during the non-fertile periods and if you were you know having sex as frequently as you would like during the non-fertile periods that would make abstaining during, during the fertile periods um, may be bearable and, and at times even meritorious and but 
my experience has been that I've, I've n I'm never having sex as frequently as I would want, even during the non-fertile time periods. It, it feels like I'm abstaining literally after every time we have sex and before we have sex again, because we never have sex after three, four, five days. It's always at least a week, or eight days, ten days, two weeks. And uh, my past attempts to kind of raise that issue with my wife have not really gotten me very far. Uh, and, and, and it may sound very strange that a couple that's been married 20 years and has nine children has difficulties talking about sex or being sexually active, but my goodness, I, I, I must confess, we don't do very good at that. Um, part of that is I don't really want to burden my wife with that. I mean, she has given in at times. It's not as if she's completely unavailable. I mean, I, I don't want to give that impression. But and, and there are times when we, we did it because it had already been a while and we were getting kind of towards the end of that quote-unquote fertile window. And we're like, well, the chance still is low. And, of course, we get pregnant. And we've had that multiple times. We have multiple children. My wife's had to go through pregnancy multiple times because it had been a while and she took pity on my needs. And so in the back of my mind, I'm always thinking about that. Like, I don't want her to get pregnant when she doesn't want to be pregnant because of, you know, my, my desire for, for her intimately. But, uh, it is, um, but it is still very difficult and frustrating, and, and, and for me at least, there's been a few times in our marriage where I've tried to open up about these things, and I've, uh, let's just say it wasn't a very warm reception, and I, uh, I'll be the first to admit that I have long carried uh, fear and resentment about that, and, and have a very difficult time opening up to my wife about these things. To the extent that I started a podcast and I'm talking to the camera right now about things that I don't have the guts to talk to my wife about, hopefully that'll change. That's changed a little bit through the other podcast where she listens to it and I think is starting to get uh, little glimpses into my, my, my how I think about things, but I've never really just dropped it on her point blank. Hopefully that will come, but... Uh, it's hard to it's hard to be vulnerable about these things when you don't want to be a burden on your wife and you don't want to be rejected or resented for it because I, I the only thing worse than having these feelings and struggles is to have these feelings and struggles to share them with your your, your spouse and to be rejected about it and have them now essentially, rejecting you or, or ain't frustrated at you. Now you've just made it worse and you still are back to the same position you were in before. That's kind of my reality right now. Um, so, I, long ago, I thought that 
if I could just find a way to make my wife comfortable or want to be intimate with me more frequently, that that would solve a lot of these problems. I know I now really don't think that's a viable possibility. I, I really see, have no reason to think for the, I mean, we still have babies at home. Uh, you know, if we were going to be empty nesters and, and didn't have kids at home anymore, maybe. But our, our youngest baby is less than a year old, and we have a two-year-old, and we have a four-year-old. Like, we are going to have an environment at home that's hostile to any kind of frequent uh, intimacy that's not done uh, in the brief moments and in the weeks you have that you aren't just totally exhausted and even when you do do it you're, you're tired and trying to cram it in before, before someone wakes up um, so it's uh, in, in part of that is you know, we've, we've always been open to life. We've never used birth control. We've tried to use natural family planning, and we've had uh, varying degrees of success, but a lot of <laughs> lack of success. Um, but, you know, I, I have a lot of frustrations about this uh, that I, I wish I didn't have to have. Um, there is nothing that compares even close to the experience of being intimate with your wife, of being physically intimate in, in, in that way and experiencing the thrill of orgasm and the just the rush and release of chemicals and hormones that come with that and stay with you for days afterwards like there's a reason why guys since the dawn of time have done absurdly stupid things to enjoy that but what what I never really realized and what I hope to share with other people is I didn't realize how dark it was when you were kind of off that high I call that the PMAS the post-marital act syndrome I was unable to upload the entire episode, so this is part one. Tune in tomorrow night for part two.